Hello and welcome to The Weekly Yes, a podcast where two best friends talk about their joint mission to say yes to life. I am your host, Yara Skakfjord, and co-host is my bestie, the amazing Kristen Guerin. On today's episode, Navigating Ego and Perfectionism, we talk about how our ego gremlins try to keep us stuck, how perfectionism shows up in our lives, and why we're not supposed to know the full story before we take the first step. I would like to offer you a couple of fast facts for this episode that might be helpful for you, our listener, before we head any further. Number one. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, October 10th, a couple of days after Hamas attacked Israel. Kristen herself is Jewish, and my husband is Jewish and Israeli. His family is safe as of the publishing date of this podcast. Number two, Kristen is the founder and CEO of a nonprofit called Buddy System that fights food insecurity in Miami. She founded this organization at the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm just wondering if this woman could be any more impressive. Number three, we talk about a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron quite a bit, and we will probably continue to do so throughout this podcast as it has shaped our lives immensely. For those of you that are unfamiliar with this book, it is essentially a 12-week program for artistic recovery and creativity. Our good friend Barbara Howland leads online support groups for folks that are working through the book, and Kristen and I have both attended numerous times. More info in the show notes for those who are interested. All right, enough lollygagging. I'm going to drop you straight into one of our conversations. Enjoy. Hello there, Poppet. Great. These are the worst headphones in the entire world. They're from, like, United. Oh, God. I think, objectively, those are the worst headphones in the entire world. And they're not, like, recent United. Like, I've probably had these for, like, several years. You what? know, just, like, are in my travel bag. Three different sets of travel headphones, and they're all from airplanes. Like, Jeff Blue hands them out, United hands them out. And I have them in there at any moment because they don't give you headphones. And if you pay for them, I'm not paying for them. I agree. But also, like, I dumb. never watch television while I'm flying. Never. So I don't know why I'm doing this obsessively. I always have three in my in my travel and one one in my suitcase and two in my like travel backpack that I have. It's like an obsessive tick that I've created for myself, but I never use them. What is wrong with me? I think that might be the definition of insanity. I'm underprepared for most things in my life, but for this one circumstance, <laughs> I'm actually over. Uh, that's hilarious. So tell me, how was your week? Last week, we talked about that we were going to say yes to rest. How did that go for you? Or did you say yes to other things that you'd rather talk about? Ah, I'd forgotten that that was my thing. Yeah, I was PMSing and I was in a retirement community, a a blue zone, as we call it, because it's where the, the elders are. And so I was definitely in a rest moment and it was lovely. How was your week? I think I did say yes to rest quite a bit. And I did, I remember I did say yes to, to being outdoors. So we went to this, this coffee shop on the, on the Beltline in Atlanta with our, with our dog. And then we decided to take up a, a short stroll on the Beltline when we were done. And on that path were a couple of people from Planned Parenthood that were like stopping people and asking them to sign up and, and donate and things like that. And I was like, well, 
you know, I'm in a <laughs> I'm in a place where I'm saying yes. So I'm going to say yes to this. And it was an interesting yes, because it was like, ah, damn it. You know, because you don't like I'm sure a lot of people relate to this. Like, you don't want to be stopped on the street and like they're going to give you the whole spiel. I'm just waiting for them. I'm like, OK, just tell me how much it is. Like, I, I could feel that I was impatient. I could feel that I was just like. I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to deal with this. I was like, I really resented that I that I, quote unquote, had to say yes. And also, I just don't really like talking to strangers in general. I'm just like, it just like tense up a lot. But this woman was so lovely. And what they are, this particular, this is not like the regular Planned Parenthood. It's called something else where they, because of how the laws have, have changed and are continuing to change. And now there's only one Planned Parenthood in all of Georgia, like in the whole state. Wow. And and I only know this because she told me this, right? This is not something that I'm actively looking up on a day-to-day basis. And she told me that, so this particular branch of Planned Parenthood, I think they're called like Active Now or something. Let me look it up because I feel like if I'm talking about it, I should know who they are. Action Fund. Hmm. The Action Fund of Planned Parenthood. She was telling me about the story that there are like headhunters out there, Hmm. you know, that are promise $10,000 if they bring someone to them that they know have had an abortion or ter- terminated a pregnancy. And she told me a story about this, a man who was someone's uncle that had brought his his niece to to the police, you know. So what they do, they pay for the, you know, they they help them help them with with legal fees or like, you know, like stuff like that that they that they do. And I was like, wow, like this is really this is really important. So I was happy to contribute by by the end of yeah. it, you know, and I would have been happy to contribute even if it had been, you know, regular Planned Parenthood, you know, like it wouldn't have wouldn't have mattered. Right. I think they're doing a good job no matter what. But it was just like a really it was just that barrier for me of just like, who like really just like trying to relax in this scenario and just like really trying to listen and take in what she's saying. Because sometimes that's difficult for me, too, in these situations, because when someone is explaining something like this to me, sometimes my brain just switches over to Icelandic because I'm so nervous because I'm mm-hmm. talking to a stranger. Sometimes when I'm talking to strangers, I don't hear them because if something happens in my brain, we're just like the signals crossfire. So mm-hmm. I really had to focus to, to, to listen to her and, and take in what she was saying. But I was, I was so glad that I, that I said yes because I was like, wow, like I didn't know. Like, like I knew, but I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, oh, I like, the, you know, you, you know when the news cycles are on, you know. But it's almost like it doesn't, it doesn't register. But because I was talking to a real human that was like saying it to me face to face, I was like, damn, yeah, I want to support this. And then I mm-hmm. saw at the, at the end of the email, at the bottom of the email later that day from them, I saw something that like, Oh, these contributions are not, they're not tax deductible because of the the nature of them, you know, because it sort of yeah. like crosses political stuff. I mean, I'm sure you know this vocabulary better than I do coming from the nonprofit world. But there was like a small, tiny ego part of me in that moment that like, ah, are you kidding me? And immediately I was like, Yada, are you kidding me right now? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> First of all, my contribution isn't even high enough for it to even matter. But it was just like this split second of like, why is my brain trying right. so hard? And this is what I was talking about last week 
with the money stuff. I really have to keep it in check because there are so many little gremlins like that that pop up surrounding money. You know, even if it's like something that I support and something that I stand for and something that I value. And yet these gremlins showed up when mm-hmm. I when even though I said yes, they still showed up like I don't like talking to a stranger. OK, like she's asking for my money. Oh, and then the money isn't even taxed. None of this matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it was just like such a weird thing that I know was just happening in my brain and in my ego. It's not how I actually feel Mm. about this situation, you know? So on my flight back, I was uh, visiting my parents and my sister was there as well. We spent a couple days together in Sarasota, my parents' retirement home. And so funny to say still. Because they're also like still working full time. <laughs> they're not retired, but that's where it, that's where it's going to be. Like when they when they retire, that's what it's going to become for them. So we're down there, and I I was flying back Sunday morning, and this was you know just taking a moment. The news on Saturday really hit me hard. I know it hit your household hard as well, and and I was in a place on Sunday like an unwell place, just checking in with so many family and friends in Israel and so much, you know, spiraling in the news and just learning everything. And I found that that is the way that I respond to crisis is to spend every single moment in the crisis. And so on Sunday morning, I was still very much in the thick of it mentally and emotionally and really just didn't want to be around people, didn't want like my social anxiety and my my boundaries and my walls, really, they're not really boundaries, they're walls were up really high and I get on the plane and the man next to me begins this conversation. And I was like, first that's too early. It's like before 6 a.m. It's like 5.45 in the morning, like calm down everybody. But he starts, he starts up this conversation and I, I said, I had to say yes to it. Yep. <laughs> to say yeah. like, let's have this conversation. Okay, great. Damn was, you. <laughs> I know. But it really was like immediately I was like, okay, like, all right, here we go. Like, I hope this is a quick one, you know. Hope I can get out of this as quickly as like as you know I can or whatever. And it wound up being just the most beautiful, life fulfilling chat. There was so much joy and vulnerability and beauty in it. We wound up talking. We actually talked about a crisis. We talked about COVID, and he shared. He was an older gentleman, maybe in his sixties or seventies, and he was. He shared that he recently got COVID, and he and his wife, and it was really bad and they you know and they they were really worried about it and they got it and it was horrible but like they're both just so glad that that, you know they got it later where it was less intense and you know than it would have been earlier and I was like he's like have you had it and of course my story is yes I almost died it was terrifying in March 2020 and sharing that with this human whose name I didn't even get like we didn't even exchange Mm -hmm. names but we talked for like probably 10 minutes or so like I what I thought I needed in that moment was more time alone, more time introspective and and in prayer and in and mourning and grief. Then what I actually needed was just a little bit of connection from the outside world. And if I had turned that person away, thinking that that was not like that's I'm not in the place of being able to do this right now. Like I wouldn't have received that beautiful gift the universe was trying to give me. And it wound up just being really beautiful and vulnerable and a lovely little human to human chat. I also had a moment, which is my bigger moment of the week mm-hmm. just happened. So I was supposed to speak tomorrow at this convention. And in light of everything, the news over the weekend, it has been shifted and it's been shifted from like an in-person, you know, gathering to a virtual like two hour, you know, quick little chat. And they they asked me to still speak, but they asked me to shift what I'm speaking about 
from something that I'm really confident speaking about, like my own personal experience, my own life, to now speaking on on the topic of of the terror attacks from the weekend. So the person texted me to ask me if I could do this. And I said, my, my gut reaction was, no, no, I can't. I just immediately shut down. And I was like, I can't do that. That's not what I had prepared. That's not what I was like, you know, expecting myself to say. To be fair, also, I have not written the speech yet. So like, not like, it's a reminder. I'm not the most prepared person. <laughs> I would, I'd probably write it like tonight or like, you know, in the train on the way there or something. I'd write it. But, but it's not like I'm like throwing a, a speech out the window or anything. I... But I still, my immediate reaction was, no, I can't do that. And after sitting with it for a moment, I was like, you know, I think my reaction here is actually ego-based. I don't know what to say about this weekend. I know what to say about my own life and my own experience and all this, but I don't know what to say with regard to the weekend. And, and what if I say something wrong? What if I say something that, you know, isn't... I don't know, that isn't helpful, that isn't, you know, like I was just like, you know, like, what if, what, what am I supposed to say? How, what if it's bad? What mm-hmm. if what I say is it's like not good? What if I don't speak well, you know, on this topic that I'm certainly not a, and they're not asking me to be an expert on it. They're just asking me to speak about my own personal experience. Anyway, so I was, I was a little bit hesitant, very hesitant. And if I had allowed my fear to speak in that moment, I would have just flat out declined. But instead I sat with it and I said, you know, this is this is about my ego. And so I said, hey, you know, I'd be happy to do this, but can I ask for some help? Which, by the way, that for me is like, like that is brand new. Yada is celebrating physically right now. So That's proud a really of you. big deal. I'm not someone who's ever been good at asking for help. I didn't even know how to do it. I didn't know how to receive help for many, many years and know how to how to ask for it. And so this is very much a recent shift in the last six months or so for me. And the fact that I was able to do it so quickly. It was within three minutes. I was able to be like, yes, I'd be happy to do that. But do you have time for a call tomorrow to go over, you know, the content for the speech and what I should, you know, what what you'd like me to speak about and things like that? Because I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it. And I think recognizing that it was my ego that was getting in the way of like, I wanted to be good as opposed to the vulnerability of I wanted to help this organization. And that's what where it was coming from and originally. Like when they originally asked me to speak, I was like, I want to help this organization. I believe in what they're doing. And I want to be able to volunteer my services to be able to support them. It wasn't coming from an ego place. Yeah. But somehow in the last month since they've asked me, it's morphed into this ego thing of like, I was really looking forward to doing a good job, you know? Like, ah, I get to stand on a podium and yeah. everyone will listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to love what I have to say. <laughs> My little Leo rising is so funny. <laughs> but it awesome. was going to help the organization. Yeah. So I think that was also big too. And, and it is similar of being able to be like, oh, that's ego. That's not coming from a soul level. And that's not where how I want to lead right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting how when faced with decision-making essentially is what it is. Do I say yes or no? And why am I saying yes? Or why am I saying no? Like, where mm-hmm. is it coming from? And like, that we both clocked like, oh, that's ego, you know. Good for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, like good for us for yeah. like, for clocking that. I think David, I don't know his last name, who is on another podcast called Weekly Energy Boost. I think there's like a little clip of him saying that like, because sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know, like, when, like, when do I say yes? When do I say no? Like, when should I do this or say that or like whatever? And he's just like, so- sometimes it's not necessarily about what you say or what you do. It's more like about the energy with which you do it. 
So he says that sometimes, sometimes the thing to do, the quote unquote right thing to do or, or whatever, is just doing something differently than you have normally done it. So mm -hmm. if your MO is to avoid the person on the street that's asking for donations or signups, you know, or like if your MO is to give the guy on the plane signals that like, no, I'm not interested in talking to you, then revealing more light would be to lean into what makes you uncomfortable and do it differently, just like changing your, regardless of what the outcome is going to be, because the outcome mm -hmm. might, you know, might have been not great. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you may have been like, oh my God, I was stuck talking to this guy for like, and he was mm -hmm. so weird. It made me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It could have, could have ended not well, but that's besides the point. Like that's not, yeah. that's not the point. You know, you're not necessarily saying yes or no to like get the best possible outcome by whatever you think is the best possible outcome, yeah. you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of like, it's it's a little bit layered like that. But yeah, interesting that we're both kind of like clocking, clocking egos in this way. I also, I honestly, I honestly think that my biggest yes of the past week was this podcast. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. That was something I really noticed this week and I really, really said yes to it. You know, I kind of like. Yeah, you did when when all in a little bit I'm like, okay so we're gonna do the instagram account we're gonna do the youtube account we're gonna you know we're do, gonna do the logo we're gonna do and i did all of the things and and it honestly came from a place of following the excitement i like stayed up until like midnight 1 a.m a couple of nights to like get this done but it wasn't from a place of obligation because obviously no one is listening to this and it's just you and me talking and recording it <laughs> yeah and i'm still so nervous <laughs> But like, what if these people from the, the organization listen to this? Kristen, they're not going to listen to this. Yeah. It's just you and Yada. Nobody cares. No one, no one's, no one's listening. Oh, it's so funny. Um, but again, saying yes, I'm saying yes anyway, you know, like I'm yeah. doing it anyway. Just like running with it. Because I remember like I did this a couple of years ago when I started, I started a YouTube channel for my tarot readings called Icelandic Witch, if you want to check it out. But I remember at the time, like I had such like big goals and like big intentions. Mm -hmm. And it was just like I put so much pressure on it being perfect and like looking perfect. And I would spend so many hours recording it and yeah. things would go wrong all the time. And I would and I would re-record it. And it's, this was like hours. So I'm sitting in a, in a in a chair reading tarot for everybody and like channeling information for like two hours. And then something would go wrong and, and I'd be like, oh, no. And then I would restart and do the whole. I would sometimes sit and channel mm -hmm. and re-tarot for like six hours straight. And that was okay. just and that was just recording the content. And a part of it was perfectionism. A part of it was also just like really like powering through and like and, and pushing through and like, oh, I'm going to get this done, you know, like mm -hmm. in like with this kind of energy. It taught me a lot, to be to be honest. And this is something I have been working on actively for the for the past couple of months, I would say. It started this summer. Like, I'm really wanting to unravel my perfectionism, which is related mm -hmm. to yeah. all kinds of things. You know, I'm like, oh, like, I actually have mild anxiety, but I just never knew that that's what this was because it was always so high-functioning. Mm -hmm. Like, from the outside looking in, high-functioning, right? And getting good grades. Or like, you know, yeah. you're, like, on top of everything. But that's that's anxiety. That's perfectionism yeah. and anxiety. It's not because... It comes so naturally to me. No, I'm doing it with a lot of anxiety, <laughs> like a yeah. lot of like 
perfectionism tendencies and like, and if I don't get a good grade on this, I will see myself as a failure and sink into deep depression. You know, I sometimes wouldn't even show up to tests because if I hadn't studied for them for whatever reason, because I had so many extracurricular activities. Yeah. I sometimes wouldn't even show up. I was like, I would rather not show up to mm -hmm. this test than show yeah. up and do a horrible job, you know, because then at least I had an excuse like, oh, I was just like in rehearsal super late or like whatever. Anyway, I totally, I totally like lost my train of thought. That's not, that's not at all what I wanted to talk about, but here we are. So what I'm working on very sort of like intentionally is because I'm, I'm a Capricorn and then I'm a rising Virgo. And this is very common with, with Virgos, like this extreme, like attention to detail and like perfectionism and high strung, like being high mm -hmm. stress because of all of this. Anyway, I noticed as I, as I was doing it this week that like this feels different Mm -hmm. This is not coming from the same energy. It might seem at first, if you're not a, if you're not paying attention, it might seem at first, oh, we're going back into the same rabbit hole of like mm -hmm. you're going all in, you know, you're you're spending a lot of time on this, and you like you're you're staying up past midnight to get this done, and it's like, yes, and there's also a completely different energy with it because first of all, a, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one I thing. That. You're yeah. you're doing this with me. I'm just getting the ice chips. And I'm, holding your hand and telling you to push. <laughs> not, I'm not doing much. Yada is doing 98% of the work. I feel like the father here who's just like standing there being like, what do I do? And you're in, in, oh, I don't know if this is in the real office or if it, this is in the office super fan episodes. But when Pam is having the first baby, Jim, you can hear him in the, in the delivery room. And he says, he's like, it's, he's just like yelling, think but her, come on, push, push, push. Wait, no, no, no. Pull, pull, and it's like, that's like, what? It's like, and then she sat down, like the, the nurses, you know, why don't we go get some ice chips? Like, you're not really helping with your pension. That's right. Yeah. 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 Just, just here. But just then at the same support. time, if, if the man wouldn't be there, it would be harder. So A, I'm not alone, right? I have another person with me doing this. B, this goes back to what we were talking about in the first episode about making decisions based on what's happening in the present and not from what happened in the past. This is not the same situation because 100%. it's it's years later. I'm a different person. I live in a different place. I'm using different equipment. You know what I mean? Like everything is actually different. And yeah. the energy with which I'm doing it right now is coming from a place of following the excitement. Mm -hmm. Like this was just an idea that popped into my head that I said to you and you yeah. said yes to that and then like oh that I had to <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and then it just started yeah and you know I think because I have learned from past experiences is like what actually matters mm -hmm. you know when you're when you're making things and creating things and like the main thing is just to get it done you know yeah. and, and then I do care about things looking good you know and yeah. and quality doesn't necessarily mean perfection yes Yes, well said. So I am going to put the effort and the energy yeah. into making this and into creating it. But it doesn't have to be a, every little tiny little thing has to be perfect and like scrutinizing it. And this time around, I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, yeah. it, it is what it is. Like, we're just we're, we're doing this thing. If it if nothing happens with it, then nothing happens with it. Like, it doesn't mean anything about yeah. either of us. You know, it just it yeah. really doesn't. It's just. Plain and simple, which is what this whole thing is about, saying yes, 
following the excitement. So like Mm -hmm. if this is exciting me right now, then that's what I'm going to do. I got really excited about editing softwares. I got really excited about, about the buttons that this particular editing software had. I was happy to invest my money in it because mm-hmm. I was like, this this thing is going to save me so much time and it's going to save me so much frustration. And I could use this free software, but I'm going to be tearing my hair out if I do it. Yeah. And I want this to be fun and I want this to be enjoyable. And this editing software, it actually excites me. You know, I was like really feeling like I was playing a video game. Uh, this is like a rising Virgo's video game <laughs> editing and like the little buttons. It could do that. Oh, we can do this. Uh, so dumb. Um, anyway. Yeah, I have so many thoughts on that. My fir- my biggest one is I was just speaking about this the other day. I'm in the artist way, working on the artist way with Barbara. And we're in this group, this group of women that support each other. And every week we read the chapter and we work on the chapter together and we, what comes up for us in that week. It's been a really beautiful experience. And I had said to somebody, I was like, you know, the, this chapter was about in part chapter nine was about if you want to produce a one woman show on Broadway, you don't sit down to create a one woman show on Broadway. You sit down to write a paragraph. You sit down to write a sentence, actually. You don't even write it, sit down to write a paragraph. You sit down to write a word, which leads to a sentence, which leads to a paragraph, which leads to a chapter, which or, you know, act or whatever, a scene, until you have a script. And then you bring the script to, you know, talking about collaboration as well. You need to work with the producer. You need to work with the director. You need to find a theater. You need, so there's a lot of steps. So if you're trying to bite off the entire project in one sitting, you're going to fail. You're going to stifle yourself. You're going to... I, I, so I, so I likened it to a buddy system, my organization. And I said, if I had known, I say this all the time, if I had known where we would be three and a half years later, if I'd known how far this organization would go, I never would have done it. I would have stopped myself a thousand times over. And I think there's really a gift there that the universe gives us in not knowing where things are going. I would have stopped myself a thousand times over because A, I didn't know that that's the thing that I wanted to do. I didn't know that, that, you know, like when I, so I started this organization March, 2020 in response to the pandemic. It was something that we had expected to do for a few weeks, a couple months. That was it. Um, until, you know, the pandemic blew over and all of that. And, and then of course the pandemic didn't end and we continued and we started working with clients who really needed a deep structural support. And we kept working on it and, and doing it and building it a little bit more each time. And the organization shifted and the people involved shifted and our mission slightly shifted. I did not have the skill set to be able to get here. I didn't have the confidence or the abilities, the tools or techniques. I didn't have the interest even in being the CEO of a, of a nonprofit. Like that's not something I was doing in March 2020. Yeah. So I think if I'd, again, if I'd known the end goal, I, I just think I would have not done it. And I, and I do think the universe gives us a gift of keeping us in the dark and, you know, now, it's more like we can't see at the end of the, like the path kind of swirl, swerves, the path swerves a lot and curves and you can't see past the curves. And so all you can see is like to the next curve. And I think that's protecting us. And I think the only way to keep driving is to follow the excitement and being like, okay, I do want to keep going. But this idea of like the things that are, excite you might sound crazy and they might not be completely in alignment with what you 
think you want to do or where you think you want to go, but just following that excitement and trusting that it will lead you to where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. I think is actually way more important than than having an end goal and like fighting to get to that end goal. Mm-hmm. I remember, God, I remember like I was really excited. This is a few years ago in with Ariel Hoop, Ariel Lira Hoop. And I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. This is such a fun thing. I want to do this all the time. And then, but it didn't make any sense. It wasn't like I was doing it so that I could, you know, do a certain show or whatever. But, you know, I wasn't like adding it to my arsenal. It was just something that excited my system. And I wanted to do more of it. And then sure enough, like six months later, there was an audition. A year later, there was an audition for this show, this off-Broadway immersive show that I auditioned for and booked probably because I did Lyra. And they allowed me to do Lyra during the show. And they were looking for somebody to do Lyra. And I was like, yeah, well, that's a skill set I have. Because I followed that excitement, not because I was like, must learn this skill. So that one day, which honestly is what like the violin has been for me, where I'm like, must learn the violin so I can book more work. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, but also like I suck at the violin because I've been doing it out of a sense of must do and must and like scarcity as opposed to a sense of excitement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are my main thoughts. And then you also spoke about doing it with someone else, which I also think is absolutely huge. I just, I think, I mean, first off, I just think we're, we're meant to be in community and we're meant to be with other people and things are, it's hard. Like even just speaking of, we were joking about, you know, me being the father in the situation, you being the mother and that all I'm doing is, you know, getting ice chips as you're giving birth. And it's not, but it's also important that, that there are two people involved in this, right? Like two people were involved in the creating of the baby as well. She weren't aware. And so it's like they should be involved in the birth process as well, even though one is obviously carrying a little bit more of the weight right now during this the wee bit. I don't think we were meant to do things alone. And I think it's much easier to play off of someone else because then you're getting that stimuli. And then it's like, oh, that invigorates the next thing. And who knows where the podcast will go? Like maybe the podcast leads us to, you know, it leads you to doing something else or doing, you know, a talk show or doing whatever it is. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, thank God I did this in 2023. Mm-hmm. Remember when we said we were going to do this? And, you know, so you never I just don't think you ever know. You also said like immediately, like the the minute you said yes to this podcast, you were like, absolutely. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now, I will not be touching anything that has to do with editing. And I, I hate editing I, so much. I hate it with an action. I am. I am. I have way too much water in my chart. I am not a Virgo. I am not a Capricorn. There's nothing. I don't think either of those placements are anywhere in my chart. I will never touch editing software again. So yes, that was, I was very clear on my, my, my interest from the get-go. And listen, I am relieved. I am so relieved because if there were two of us in the mm-hmm. situation that we have the same interest, so each of us would have like Let's say that you wanted to edit and I'm like, okay, I kind of want to, but okay, yeah, it's fine. You edit. And then I would have so many opinions about like yeah. how you edit it. Like, oh, what if we do this? What if we do that? It would be more of a back and forth. It would probably take more time. Yeah. Like not once did I think throughout the week, oh, I am doing all the work and Kristen is doing it. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> those are sort of the things that create like resentments and stuff. Yeah. But I just feel like, great. You hate editing. I actually love editing. I'm actually really excited by it. So this is a perfect perfect situation you know so what is your what do you want to say yes to this week I am noticing a large fear of speaking a large fear of saying the wrong thing under that is probably like fear of being judged under that is probably a belief that I'm only worthy of love and respect if I'm 
you know, perfect or well-spoken yep. or, you yeah. know what I mean? That's, that seems to be coming up. So I want to say yes to, to speaking out, to speaking from a place of imperfection, mm-hmm. like the speech I'm giving tomorrow to be okay with and to prepare and to be as, you know, ready for it as possible, but also to go into it and know that like, if I misspeak, if I am imperfect, if I, you know, if I say the wrong thing. And I think that applies, you know, on social media, that applies in my personal relationships as I'm reaching out to family and friends as I'm, you know, yeah. So it's coming up in a lot of different circumstances right now for me. And I think I want to say yes to expression, probably the thing. Yes Mm -hmm. to personal expression imperfectly. I like that. That makes me think about your inner child for some reason. Like that, that's something that came to me as you, as you were speaking. I think that's a great gift to give to your, to yourself, to your inner child. And honestly, your inner artist too, because yes. I think I would like to say yes to my artist this week. I have not been nurturing that part of my life at all. You know, it doesn't have to look like needing to pick up a guitar or sing like it can look like you know as we know from having done the artist's way many a time it can look like just allowing yourself to play you know yeah so that's something that I would like to do because I feel like that part of me is is very not nourished these days and I think it is also connected to the 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 perfectionism that I mentioned earlier because I think for a lot of my life I, one of the reasons why I never felt like an artist is because mm-hmm. I wasn't always expressing myself. I was trying to do the thing well. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do the thing right or yeah. correctly. It's like, oh, so here's how this works. You get a script, you memorize yeah. the lines, and then you do what the, what the director tells you. So that was yeah. sort of my understanding of what what being an actor was for a really long time. And same with songs. It's like, here is a song, you learn the melody, mm-hmm. you learn the lyrics, and then you do it as well as you possibly can, mm-hmm. preferably perfectly. Yeah. So it wasn't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that through, through, through my, throughout my entire artistic career, I didn't express myself. That's not, that's not true at all. But I think the underlying current there yes. and, the, and the things that stifled me on, on the way were, were, Moments where I felt like I didn't do it well enough or I didn't do it perfectly mm. or I didn't do it right. So that would create all of these spirals of like shame and, and guilt and everything. And I didn't really understand that being an artist was about self-expression until just like a couple mm. of years ago, honestly. I was like, oh, this is what they mean. <laughs> got it. Yeah. And I just never got it. Which, so yeah. I never called myself an artist even because I didn't feel like one. And I think... Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, because that's not what I was doing. I did, you know, yeah. I wasn't actually expressing myself and letting my whole self be a part of it. So I stifled a lot of that for a really long time. So I think I would love to say yes to whatever my inner child or whatever my artist wants to do this week. I'm going to be like, yes, mm-hmm. let's do that. You know, whatever comes to to mind. And then we'll see what what happens, you know, <laughs> as we as we do. It's funny. I have just been thinking in a similar vein about how my acting career was so much about my ego. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to a friend about this last night. And for me, I mean, which is funny because you're saying your your acting career was so much about or your creative career was so much about perfection, which Mm -hmm. is such a Virgo rising thing. 
And yep. the ego is such a Leo rising thing uh-huh. <laughs> of interest that both of us were like, ah, to avoid having an actual creative career, we leaned into our our rising side, our rising, you know, faults, our written up faults, but like, you know, the dark side of them, the shadow side. And yeah, and, and in this, on this side of, you know, having not acted with some exceptions for the last three and a half years, like that was the last time that this was actually my job, mm-hmm. as opposed to just something I do occasionally. In in having had that long break and coming back to it on this side, it's not about my ego. And it's not about like being good at something. I'm not even interested in being good anymore. You know what I mean? I know I'm good at this thing. Like that's not even a question. For me now, it's about like connecting with other people and creating more light in the world and more and like having that moment of I just I was in an audition this is like a month ago. And I had this really beautiful moment with the artistic director and the the director of the play. And we were, I was like, wow, the the I changed my intention. I went into the space being like my intention was not to be good or act good. My intention was to shift the energy in the room, to allow for a shift internally for my whoever was auditing the thing, right? Like to actually like bring more light into their world, bring more light into the room. And it felt amazing. We had a great chat, didn't get a call back, didn't book. But here we are. And I was like, that was what I want to do. Like that was my best work I've ever done. I I would agree with you. I think starting to leave those rising shadows (laughs) is probably our way forward into uh, heightened creativity. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful sentence. What you just said that was poetry. You Don't Pis- feed my ego. Yeah, you, <laughs> you Pisces, <laughs> poetic yeah. Pisces queen. Anyway, this was a lovely chat. Thank you Agreed. for joining me this morning, and I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. That concludes this week's episode of The Weekly Yes. You will find us on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube, and you can follow us on Instagram as well at The Weekly Yes. We encourage you to keep an eye on your ego gremlins this week, and if you feel inspired to share with us what you said yes to, you can email us at theweeklyyes at gmail.com. Perhaps we'll feature your story in an upcoming episode. Keep saying yes, and we'll see you next week. 